show. Today is going to be a super fun and interesting show for you. <laughs> Mostly because it's going to be the Mon and Mon show. No, I'm kidding. Only for a little while because I've been uh, abandoned. I like to say I keep the boys out of the studio, but actually I have really been abandoned. <laughs> Multiple times this morning, actually. <laughs> so we started off the show this morning. Oh, just P.S. This is the delayed broadcast introduction. So the show's actually already finished. And I'm doing this thing by myself. We tell you this every morning, though. Um, if you do want to jump across to the live show, uh, you can do so. Just go to faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream. Or you can download the TuneIn app. Search for Faith FM Australia. Add us to your favorites and listen to us through the app on any of your devices. Or give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And have a chat with us about how it is that you can get the live broadcast out to your area. Uh, this morning was a bit of a doozy. Lyle, of course, is off on his uh, annual leave, on his long service leave, and he is on a huge adventure with producer Shell, his wife. They're going on a big four-wheel drive trek through Australia, up through the Red Centre, Darwin, Uluru, all that good outbacky stuff for them. And of course, his stand-in Lawson is supposed to be doing the show with me, but this morning, he didn't make it on time. He didn't even make it for the intro, he didn't even make it for the good news segment, really just left me hanging. And uh, now he's actually quit the show early <laughs> and he's left before we had to do the uh, the broadcast introduction. So Lawson, he's, he's not in the good books. Uh, we really need to keep him in prayer though. <laughs> he's a good kid, but apparently, well, he's going to tell us why. He tells us in the show why he's so late. And uh, it is a bit of a story, but it is something we've all experienced, including myself. It is definitely comeuppance for me because I'm usually the person who's late and leaving people to do radio by themselves while I'm <laughs> scrambling to get on the microphone. So finally, the tables have turned and it's Mon, on Mon, on Mon, all alone in the radio studio. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> we do have a bit of a good and sort of bad news coming out of uh, uh, Lyle's direction. Lyle did have an accident on his second day of the trip and landed himself in hospital. Nothing too serious, but definitely keep him and the crew there in prayer as they continue their adventure. Uh, he had a had an argument with a tree, and the tree won. Um, had a bit of a was cutting down, attempting to cut down a tree for some firewood, and the tree fought back, and he got smacked in the noggin, and uh, had a couple of stitches going on. I'm really regretful that I opened the messages and read them because they came with pictures, and now that image is seared onto my brain, and I'm still feeling queasy about it now. Um, but yeah, definitely keep him in, in prayer. He does call in. He does. He does. He was listening in, and he decided he better save me from myself, and he called up to help me do radio. Uh, while Lawson was still making his way. Uh, but we will be hearing more about Lyle Stitches. Coming up for you right now, we have a wonderful Bible study all about hospitality. Definitely something you want to tune into. Stay right there. Whenever God shines light on me, open up my eyes so I can see. When I look up in the darkest night, then I know everything's gonna be alright. In deep confusion, in great despair, when I reach out for Him. He is there When I am lonely 
as I can be. Then I know that God shines His light on me. Sick and he heals the lame. Says you can do it too in Jesus' name. Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around. And he'll put your feet back on higher ground. Reach out for him, he'll be there when in your trouble. Oh, you can use his higher power any day, at any hour. Heals the sick, and he heals the lame. Says you can do it too, in Jesus' name. Yes, he'll lift you up and turn you around. Put your feet back on higher ground. Welcoming you back to the breakfast show this morning. It's the Mon and Mon show still. Lawson still hasn't arrived. I'm still all by myself. Nah, I'm fine. <laughs> Lawson, I know you're listening. Uh, we'll kill you when you get here. Probably shouldn't turn up. You're just going to be like coming straight for your death. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I'm usually the one that leaves other people hanging on the radio by themselves while I'm off being late. So this is definitely my comeuppance today. Okay, let's jump straight into our breakfast Bible quiz. We're actually going to go uh, and finish off the one we started yesterday. So yesterday we started a what number am I quiz. I'm going to give you the first two clues again, and then we'll continue with the third clue. I want to say this one is actually, well, do you know what? I feel like the first clue was the easiest clue. I should have given that one last. But let me run through them again for you. So what number am I? Clue number one is this. The chapter in Daniel that records Nebuchadnezzar's dream about a statue and Daniel's interpretation of that dream. Clue number two was this. The number of guards who planned to assassinate King Xerxes. 
Uh, that's in the story of Esther, just in case you're wondering who on earth King Xerxes is. And if you're Googling it, it's X-E-R-X-E-S. That's how you spell Xerxes. <laughs> I know Lyle doesn't like when people Google answers, but I don't mind. Just don't tell us. And now the new clue, fresh clue, clue number three. The number of sons born to Jacob by Rachel. Don't be confused because Jacob had a bunch of wives. But how many sons did Rachel bear him? So that's the number. If you know what the number is, you need to call this number, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answers, 0491-064-669. I'm going to give that number again because people often say I say it too fast. 0491-064-669. If you can tell me what number there is, what correct number, the uh, answer for the quiz is today, I'm going to send you a copy of Patriarchs and Prophets, which is a really wonderful book written by EGY. This book actually was pivotal in my Christian walk, uh, my personal Christian journey. Um, I read it right just after I had my conversion experience, and this book actually answered a lot of questions that I had, a lot of questions that I had um, regarding the Old Testament. Uh, there was a couple, you know, there's a couple of like crazy stories in your Bible. You're like, why would God let that happen? Or why did God make that happen? Or, you know, you're wondering, it sounds a bit cruel, sounds a bit horrid. Um, why was that necessary? Why is it even in the Bible? And this book really helped, uh, helped me to exp- help me to understand and explain a lot of those crazy stories. And, uh, yeah, it really helped me on my journey to getting to know more about the true character of God. Uh, because that is exactly what the devil is trying to do uh, in this world. He's trying to get us to have a false understanding of God's character um, and to be have a messed up view of who our Heavenly Father really is. And uh, and this book is definitely, um, it definitely fights against the devil's attempts to, to skew the wonderful loving God and the, the view we have of him. So yeah, get a copy of this book, Patriarchs and Prophets. It's written by E.G. White, Ellen White. And uh, if you can tell me the right answer, I'll send it to you for free. However, if you don't win, do you know what? Just go out and buy your own copy. Uh, Better Books and Food sells them in Australia, which is a really great uh, bookshop. It used to be called the ABC Bookshop. You can also just buy this book online. There's so many people that sell it online. Amazon, eBay, Book Depository. They all sell this book. It's a really great book, Patriarchs and Profits. So that's our prize for today. And uh, Lawson still isn't here, so I'm going to tell you about the good news and uh, this is actually really cute. I got two super cute stories that made me just go, aww. Um, but one of them is coming out of England. And it is about a little boy. And I love this little boy who's just so tenacious. I love kids who are like, they're not waiting until they get old. They're not waiting until they're like big now. They're not waiting until they're grown up. They're going to follow their dreams and pursue their dreams at any age. And this is about a seven-year-old who wanted to be a policeman so bad that he actually wrote an application and sent his resume to the local police department there in Cambridge in England. And uh, his resume is adorable. He's a primary school student. His name is Har Charan. Uh, he wrote to the Swanston Police Station earlier uh, this week, listing all the qualities which he had that would make him a really good crime fighter. Uh, I'm going to read the letter to you because it's so adorable. It says, Dear Cambridgeshire Constabulary. I'm not even sure that's a word. I would love to be a police officer to stop diamond heists and bank robberies. I'm good at dodging objects and I got good eyesight. I'm good at jumping from high places and I got lots of stealth. The job needs lots of focus and eyesight. To be a good police officer, you need to check stuff. I'm good at guarding places. I would be good for the job because I'm good at climbing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so adorable. I love how he's like, I'm going to stop bank heists and jump from high places. And he's got lots of stealth. <laughs> so he's a pupil at the Morley Memorial Primary School in Cambridge. And uh, unfortunately for him, he does have to wait about 10 years before he can become a member of the police force there in England, uh, as job seekers have to be about 18 to apply. However, of course, the Cambridge police uh, used this as an opportunity to re- do some recruiting in the area. So they published a letter uh, on their Facebook, along with some words of encouragement, and uh, it also... Uh, did a bit of fishing for some other potential recruits, and they they said, we are definitely persuaded. If, like Hacharin, you believe you've got what it takes, we are currently recruiting special constables. Although jumping from higher places is not strictly necessary. <laughs> I love it. I hope this little boy, uh, I hope his dream stays and he, and, he, and he achieves what he set out to do in 10 years. Uh, he will be a great police officer, I'd rather dare say. Uh, another good story. Oh, hang on. Lyle, is that Lyle calling me? Lyle, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you going? I'm good as gold. How are you? I'm amazing. Yeah, are you sure you're good? Like, how's your noggin? Oh, my noggin is incredible. You should see inside of it. It's the brains of a genius in there. I've never seen anything like it in my life before. Lyle, you're so full of it. I was going to say, I bet your, I bet your brains are all falling out now. Oh, P.S. Everyone, <laughs> P.S. Lyle, we just need a moment to welcome Lawson to the show this morning at seven sixteen a.m. He's just, he's just running the door. <laughs> uh, it's like the worst day of my life. <laughs> the worst story. Are you wearing a bathrobe, Lawson? Is that a bathrobe I see? No, it's just like a triple XL jacket. Oh, okay. Uh, Lawson, did you listen to the radio while you were driving here super late? No. So you haven't heard what happened to Lyle last night? No. It, it, do you need to tell them, Lyle, or do you want me to tell them? Yeah, well, there was this massive, enormous tree, like the size of a, a um, swamp gum, and it fell on my head, and I survived. A swamp gum fell on his head, Lawson. Can you believe that? That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's um, it's unbelievable. But unfortunately, I have photos no, on my phone. Honestly, it's about it's about eight feet thick through. Oh, okay. Crashing down and landed on my head. He landed in hospital. He was in hospital last night. Lawson's got like a shocked look on his I'm, face. I'm freaking out right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have a very, you know, mixed set of emotions right now. And I, I think that that's, that, no, that, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that happened to yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, you know, that's really sad that happened. But please don't come home. We're having fun without you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How, how's your head feeling this morning? Are you all like woozy? Have you still got a bit of concussion there? No, no, I'm tough as nails. My head's, my head's as solid as a rock. You can't hurt it. <laughs> I'm tough as nails. <laughs> look at me go. <laughs> How many stitches said, did you get? I said to the doctor, I said, I said, take a good look. I said, you'll never, you'll never see the brains of a genius again. He comes over, has a bit of look, but no. Can't see a thing in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. I'm with the doctor on this one. How many stitches did you get? Oh, um, about 400. Oh, are you serious? No, nah, he's exaggerating. <laughs> Lawson's like, what? <laughs> what? Excuse me? No, I got, I got four stitches. Oh, first, yeah, that sounds about right from the pictures. Did they manage to take that tuft of hair out from the middle? They did, they did, and I have a shave patch now, so I'm, 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 I'm doing a, a uh, Donald Trump impression with a comb over. Uh, I want nah, to come on. Let's I want just... to see you wear like a cone of shame, like those dogs, <laughs> and I'm out of scratch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So I'm thinking I might just shave it all off so that it's even. 
What do you think? I, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent. And vote on whether I should just shave it. Oh yes, call us up, send in, tell us. Do you reckon he should just shave the whole head, or should he keep that one shave patch? I'm all for a whole shave. I'm a shave. I'm yeah, full the whole shave. thing. Have you ever done your shaved head before, Lyle? Rocking a comb over at the moment, so you know I'm, I'm sort of in fashion with with where belt leaders are. That's not fashion, Lyle. That's crimes against fashion. Um, uh, Lyle, can you just tell me, though, have you ever shaved your head before? No. Unlike you, Lon. Okay. <laughs> yes, okay, fine. You got me there. <laughs> oh, mercy. Hey, but I, I do want to know, do they pluck the, the, the tufter hair, they pluck it one by one or they yank the whole thing? Because your wife, Shell, was like, they should just yank it. Oh, I, I really have no idea what they did. I couldn't see it. Oh, okay. You couldn't feel it either. I don't have a good angle on looking at the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was hoping you'd be in a lot of pain when they plucked your hairs out one by one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we we've got about fifteen. Enormously. We've got about fifteen seconds left, Lyle. Do you uh, anything okay, no, you want to tell us? Berkey, if anybody's wondering, and we're oh, camped by the Darling River. The sun is coming up, and it is absolutely, unbelievably amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lyle, for calling in, saving me for doing radio by myself this morning. Lawson. Uh, this is Alan Jackson with the song He Lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I see his love and care and though my heart grows weary I never will despair I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast the day of his appearing will come at last he lives he lives Christ Jesus lives today he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way he lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King The hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find None other is so loving, so good and kind He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way he lives, he lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives.
Welcome back. You're listening to the Breakfast Show, which is now with Mon and Lawson. Good to have you back. <laughs> Good to be back. Sidekick, kick you in the side. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's and it's payback for all the times I've left the two of you hanging on radio while I've been like running late. Ugh, that's okay. Lawson. That's okay. We'll talk about it that after. Give us another clue for the quiz. Oh yeah. Now who wants to move on and not talk about the fact that they were so 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 so? No, we're going to talk about it soon. We're going to talk about <laughs> okay, it soon. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. Clue number one, two, three, four, five. No, four. Clue number four. The number of cherubim placed over the Ark of the Covenant. The number of cherubim placed Ooh. over the Ark of the Covenant. If you know mm. what number there is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can message us through any of our social media platforms. I'm pretty sure. I already guessed this number, right? I guessed it yesterday. Yeah, you did. We're, we're doing a carryover because we, we but that, started this. But that question has multiple answers. Well, not in conjunction with the other clues. Okay. Yeah. But it does. But it does. But it's any- true. Anyways. It's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's Lawson. play a game called Why is Lawson Late? late. Yes. Why did Lawson get here at 7.16 in the morning? Okay, Monica, I want you to give us a guess. Uh, did your car break down? No. Did you get a flat tyre? No. Um, did your alarm clock not go off? Yes. Um, I didn't get very far, did I? No. Pretty good at this. Okay, so I'll elaborate. So essentially, I have four different alarm clocks for when I do radio. Yes. So I have a 5.30, a 5.45, a 6 o'clock, and then a 6.30. Okay. All right. And this is my system. So the 5.30 one is like, that's like, you know, when I'm, and this is all based on how I feel. If I wake up at 5.30, 5.30 alarm, I'm feeling like good. I'll get up. I have a nice shower come out, you know, do do a lo- long, you know, nice a long preen. devotion, you mm-hmm. know, like really speak myself up, like look really good and like read my Bible for a really long time and then just leisurely jump in the car, drive to the, you know, studio. studio. Yeah. My 545 devotion is kind of all those things, but shorter. Sorry, my 545 alarm is all those things, but a bit shorter, you know, shorter shower. Yeah. yeah. My six o'clock alarm is no shower. Like I've had a shower the night before uh-huh. and I'm just like got to, you know, get up and, you know, read my Bible, jump in the car and leave. Mm-hmm. Then my 6.30 alarm usually goes off when I'm driving here. And that's just the like, oh, you, you know, you're just making sure you're okay. Like you're not dead uh-huh. in you're your bed. You're on schedule. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get in your bed. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so my, f- this morning, mm-hmm. my 5.30 alarm went off mm-hmm. and I turned it off. Because I'm like, oh, I'll go to the 5.45 alarm. And I had a relatively late night last night. So I went to sleep and none of my other alarms went off. None of them. None of them at all. Really? None, not even the 6.30. Not even the 6.30. And you know what woke me up? What? A ding from my phone of you texting me. It's 7.01. Where are you? The news is about to play and we need to pray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That ding went off and I was like, huh? And I <laughs> I think my message said, Lawson, where are you? We're on air in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. what my message so said. So that's what the I was. is playing already. We're on air in two minutes. <laughs> that, that's what that's what I woke up to. And I looked and I'm like, it's 7.01. And I'm like, ah, like, and just rolled out of bed. I'm wearing the same clothes I did yesterday because I was just like on the floor beside my bed. Just chucked this jumper over the top, ran to my car, jumped in the car, like drove here. It takes me 15 minutes to get here. 
Oh, that's not bad. And you, like, like on a, a normal day, mm-hmm. and you text me at seven oh one, and I got here at seven sixteen. So, <laughs> yeah, that was just the worst oh, morning ever. Do you like, know what? We all we all have to go through some of these mornings, and I'm glad you told the story because I'm sort of, I'm sure someone out there is like, "Yep, that's the morning I'm having." I set through <laughs> all my alarms, and now I'm super late for work. <laughs> but I didn't even sleep through them; they just didn't exist. Like I'm just like, why did you do that to me? <laughs> maybe, maybe you just needed. Some, you really just needed to sleep in. It's yeah. all right. I survived without you. The listeners and I, we did fine without you. They yeah, got a little extra okay. mon. Uh, all right. They got a little uh, extra mon this morning. All <laughs> right. Vitamin M. We can't give them too much of that, you know. <laughs> they say overexposure <laughs> to, co- <laughs> to mon causes causes um, yeah, insanity. High potency is not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good for the human race. It's all right in small doses. Yeah, yeah. You know, or maybe as a sort of sort of overtime. Like I like a long how you're the one lulling. who's late and now you're giving me hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You okay. dilute the mon with some Lawson. Yeah, okay, uh, but yeah, Lawson. Seeing as you're like, you know, super late. What is happening around the world today? Or do you have no idea? No, I, just woke I up? look. I didn't have any idea until two minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> well, share with us what you learned in the last. This two is what I learned is going on in the last affairs. two minutes. Did you know that milk is being recalled urgently all over Australia yeah. due to E. coli fears? Oh, it was a cola. I mean, that's a few days old now, but I didn't realize it was a cola. That no, was no, this it. is a second wave. A second wave, a second wave of recalls. Dang. This is this is a story um, that came in about forty minutes ago. Ooh la la! So, like, a it's second a good time to wave. move to soy, people, or almond milk, or cashew milk, or any other kind of milk other than moo moo milk. Moo moo milk. <laughs> <laughs> moo moo makes you boo boo. But essentially, um, a. Dairy company, which, you know, by this article has not been named, you know, we're getting all mysterious oh, we're here. Find out yeah, we will. Yeah. But they have been forced to recall milk sold in Victoria and parts of New South Wales for the second time in a week amid contamination for years. Wow. Um, actually, we, we, we know who it was. Oh, who was it? Oh, it was Lactalis Australia. Which I assume is probably one like of the... a parent po- company that yeah, like bottled, a, bottles a lot of different brands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they recalled eight varieties sold in Coles, Woolworths, IGA and other retailers in Victoria and southern New South Wales because they may contain E. coli. Mercy. The milks have a use-by date of the 2nd of July and should be returned for a refund. So if you're out there and you bought milk, mm. I wouldn't drink it. Yeah, take it back to the store. Take it back to the store. Get a refund and get some sanitary. Get some so soy good. milk. Get yes, some so get good. some so good. Yeah. Someone yeah. tried to sell me. Like, so I was eating cereal yesterday. I, like, drove from, I was here, and then I drove from here to the church that I work for on Raymond Terrace, and, you know, we have a big kitchen, and, you know, cupboards full of food there, and I was like, oh, it's like 12.30 p.m., you know, nearly one o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon. I'll eat some cereal for lunch, and so... As bachelors do. Yeah, so I'm like... Smashing some wheat bigs, and I'm like, oh, there's no, there's no soy milk, and and this girl that I work with, she's like, oh, it's okay, we have almond milk, and I was like, all right, I'll try this almond milk thing. You know, it wasn't sanitarium, it was someone else. Yeah, yeah. And it was trash, fam. It was like <laughs> I was so disappointed. I you just I'm, want to go back to sanitarium. She was like telling me this was like the pinnacle. Of of milk substitutes. Yeah, it, well, health wise, look, I got a lot to say about this, but health wise, almond milk is the most nutritious That's and the best. At. The best uh, milk substitute that you'll ever taste, Lawson, is my homemade almond milk. Just saying that right now. Oh, yeah, but when it comes to like carton milk, I mean, so good sanitarium is like it's like the original. 
But then Vina Soy is pretty good as well. But I guess the gold standard is actually Bonsoy. Like bonsoy? Yeah, Bonsoy is a Japanese. It's the most expensive one, I'm not going to lie. It's a Japanese um, soya milk. And it's actually like people love the taste of Bonsoy so much that Bonsoy have actually patented the recipe. And okay. so no one else is allowed to even attempt to recreate the way they do their soy. I mean, they have like, you know, centuries of experience with soy being from Asia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but hey, if you're listening, today might be the day that you explore uh, the world of soy yeah. or milk alternatives, seeing as, you know, Moo Moo Milk's going to give you mm. E. coli. 100%. Uh, yeah, just give it a try. Like, there's a whole, like, the, the, the milk alternative shelf in the supermarkets have just exploded with variety, and, mm. and, and there's so many, like, it's really yeah. fun, actually. You know, you get cashew milk and coconut milk and cashew coconut milk, and <laughs> it's yeah. really oh, great. Oh, love me some cashew coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I gotta say, as someone who is actually currently struggling a little bit with their health and mm. and and keeping food down and, and queasiness and stuff, that's a, that's a story for another time. But I can say, like moving, like eating that bowl of cereal yesterday with almond milk instead of like a full cream normal milk. Yeah. Like, oh, it made me feel so. Like, yeah, it's much gentler on the stomach. That's one of the main yeah. reasons why people uh, move away from dairy. Uh, it's much gentler on the stomach. Hey, do you know what? I might make you some of my homemade almond milk. I think you'll love it. It's mm. real, like it's so delicious. When you make that almond milk fresh, oh, there is nothing better. And I stick a little bit of maple in there to sweeten Ooh. it and a bit of vanilla to give it some extra vanilla. flavor. Yeah, ice ice, really vanilla. <laughs> no, no. Not that and the cool, cool thing about making your own almond milk is you can like strain out the pulp if you want your milk to be really like really, you know, um, uh, not thick. You can mm. leave the pulp in if you want like a bit creamier, but you can actually strain out the pulp and then you can use the pulp to make cookies and uh, they're like the most bomb.com cookies. I like a bit of a middle ground. You know, I'm a bit yeah. of a middle man. I don't like it. If it's too watery, it makes me sick. I actually love pulp. Do you know, I remember when orange juice, you can used to be able to get the uh, the black label extra pulp orange juice. I love that stuff. No, pulp me up, baby. No, no, it makes me feel it. like I'm doing something can't good for my it. health. If you like pulp, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no one likes pulp, Mom. I love pulp. Give me all your pulp. <laughs> anyway, thanks to Simeon with I'm Forgiven. But yeah, pulp's the best thing. I don't know what you're beefing about. No. People who drink pulp free just didn't grow up. Trash. <laughs> now nah, you're cool. We're all cool. Strange the path we choose. I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing the things I might find
that life goes on. But now the fears of living life for me are gone. I know that your love can save me from myself in ways I can't explain. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia at 87.6, 87.8, 88, or the internet, wherever you are. We don't know, but we love you, <laughs> and we love that you're listening to our show. And, of course, we have come to the time where we are oh, doing a guest interview. But before, before we do that. We do that. Oh, actually, you know, um, producer Shell messaged in, and she was like, this song was called Forgiven. Is it because Lawson's forgiven for being late? No. <laughs> no, he is. He's cool. He's cool. Uh, I'm going to give another clue for our quiz. Teen. It's a what number of my quiz? This is the last clue for this quiz. Lawson, you and I might have to DIY and come up yeah, with some yeah, home-baked yeah, yeah. clues after mm-hmm. this. Okay, so clue number five. God told Moses to speak to the rock to get water, but... Instead of speaking to it, Moses struck the rock this many times with his staff. Ooh. And by staff, they mean rod. He didn't, like, pick up his advisor and back up on the rock again. <laughs> hey, Aaron, come <laughs> over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wasn't he? He was a rod. So God told Moses to speak to the rock to get water, but instead of speaking to it, Moses struck the rock this many times with his staff, which is a rod. Okay. <clears throat> Do you know who we're interviewing today, Lawson? Or because you're like, you've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> oh, really terrible. Okay, welcoming to the show this morning, uh, Ashley Stanton. She is the Media and Communications Coordinator for ADRA. ADRA, of course, is Adventist Development and Relief Agency uh, here in Australia. Welcome to the show, Ashley. How are you this morning? Yeah, not too bad. A little chilly this morning, but we're doing okay. <laughs> it is cold, isn't it? Hey, you're not anywhere near where we are. Where are you? No, I'm based in Sydney, Australia. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It is chilly down yeah. there. Looking at the weather this morning, so yeah, you're a little bit, little bit further south than we are, but still kind of cold. But yeah, thank you so much for jumping on here this morning. It is a great time to be talking to you because it is um, the end of the financial year, mm. and uh, this is a great time for people to start donating um, uh, to good causes. And Adra, it's like for me, Adra is like the pinnacle of the good causes. Um, <laughs> it really is. Thank though. You. How long have you been working with Adra, by the way? Yeah, so I actually started with Adra in January of this year. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm pretty new, um, but I've just been straight in there getting at it and just 
right on board with everything that's going on there. So it's a really exciting period for me to be learning what we do at ADRA and getting on board with that and, and just telling other people helping about get it. others excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're on the show. I'm not going to waste too much time be- uh, because, like, you have some really heavy stories to share with us um, and we only have, like, yeah. 10 minutes left. So tell us about what on earth is happening in Timor-Leste. I'm going to mispronounce yeah. it. No, it's, it's yeah. Timor Leste. No, Timor Leste. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I even checked before <laughs> before we went on air, and I still <laughs> couldn't remember how to say Timor Leste. But yeah, go on. No, Tell us what's okay. happening. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it's a bit of a heavy situation over there. So as I'm sure many of your listeners are aware, um, there has been war and civil conflict that has been going on in the grand scheme of human history really recently. Um, so. Basically, they only gained their independence in officially in 2002, but they were only freed from Indonesian occupation in 1999. Um, and so for them, they've only had like basically the beginning of this century um, to sort of begin rebuilding. Uh, a lot of the infrastructure when Indonesia left was destroyed. So we're talking like schools, hospitals, roads, all of that sort of stuff was sort of destroyed. And so this country has been left with the overwhelming fact of how do we sort of rebuild and create an economy and get ourselves going and all the rest of that since then. So, Which, which is such a – I think it's such a hard thing for, for people like us right now who, like, sure, it's winter over here in Australia, but we're all, like, tucked up against heaters with our air conditioners in our Ugg boots, in our beanies. Like, we're all, like, cosy and comfy with a hot cup of tea and it's hard for us to even imagine – what it must yeah. be like for the Timorese to be in a country that's basically like starting over, starting from scratch, trying to get together the basic human requirements. Um, mm. What are like some of the stats that are coming out of this at the moment? Yeah, so um, it's pretty crazy. Um, so at the moment, it's really difficult for people to um, get access to good food. So typically, um, 72% of the overall population are living in rural areas and they rely on agriculture as their primary food source. But for a lot of them, they're subsistence farmers, which means that they're basically farming for themselves. So they don't really produce enough to be able to sell. So they grow, um, they eat what they grow. Yeah, they're yeah. eating what they grow. And if they don't grow much, it means they're not eating much, um, which unfortunately means that about 53% of the boys and 47% of girls in Timor-Leste are stunted due to poor nutrition. So it means that they're not growing the way that they should be growing. That makes me yeah. feel really bad about leftover food. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah, like they're stunted because they're not getting enough food. Like that's, mm. that's just really tragic. What else is happening over there? Um, so basically, as I said, a lot of the infrastructure was destroyed or some people just didn't have it to start with. And a staggering 54% of people don't have access to sanitation. So they don't have a toilet. They don't have an established water system. They don't have ways to keep themselves clean or hygienic. And as you can imagine, that comes with a whole wealth of other yeah, I mean, that's, that's like a, the gateway problem to just, you know, contamination and disease and infections. It's, oh, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear, like, first of all, they're enough nutrition, and now they don't have access to sanitation. It's, oh, yeah, man, it makes me so, feel so overprivileged right now because, you know, I can and, have two and, showers a day. Oh, my goodness. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I like to stand in there a little longer because yeah. it's nice and warm. And, and you think to yourself, you this know, is my me people- time. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's really sobering statistics for people. Um, but yeah, that's, that's some of the areas that ADRA is really trying to help out with. Um, so yeah. Is, is, is the nation as a whole sort of, um, you know, are they all sort of, how, how are they doing with the national poverty line? Yeah, not great. <laughs> um, so their national poverty line, um, where are they at? Uh, 42% of the population live under the national poverty line. 42. So that is what is established as, you know, if you're above that line, you're not considered in poverty. If you're below that line, you're considered in poverty. Like and this- 42%. That is just it. huge. Like, can you imagine if yeah. that was happening in Australia? That would call like a state of emergency in Australia. Like, absolutely. Like, actually, yeah. Because <laughs> because when you say under the national poverty line, like that's that's like really dire straits. But for the other, you know, the other, what is it, fifty eight percent? Yeah, they're probably not yeah. that much higher, right? They're probably not that much higher above the poverty lines. So they're probably all like in you know, a pretty dire situation there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like with the, like how many of them actually live in rural areas? Um, 72% of the population live in rural areas. So if you think of countries like Australia, a lot of us flock to the cities. Um, but for them, a lot of them, they just can't afford to actually get to the cities. Um, they can't afford to, to move. And as I said, they rely on the food that they grow, so mm. they need to be in a place where they can grow food. Does um, this so. does this like create an issue when they have you know often you know people try and go to the cities like to get work? Like, how is this how is this affecting like their livelihood opportunities? The living in rural areas, yeah, or, and then also also the sanitation. Like you know, if they have a lack of water and they have a lack of like livelihood opportunities, this, mm. this is only heading down a dark path. Yeah, so this actually creates what we call a a poverty trap. So this just means that it means that from generation to generation, children are caught in the same poverty trap that their parents were. And so what this actually looks like is if you don't have access to water, for example, this means that you might need to walk to your nearest water source, which for most people is the river. And if you have many children, it means that you're not just collecting water for yourself, you're collecting water for your children. And that might be too much. So you might pull your children away from school to go and collect water with them, which means that they're not in school. Or, for example, if you're trying to earn extra income for your family, you're needing them to help, like you're needing extra help in the field, you don't have the money to hire workers. And so what that means is that you're, saying to your children, well, you know what, you're part of this family, let's go work in the field. And they're being pulled out of school to either work for the family or to collect water. And so what this means is that these children are actually losing the opportunity to gain an education. So they never learn the skills that could create an income. They never get the knowledge and the skills um, that they need to, you know, move into better income brackets, if you will. So their education remains at the same level as when they were pulled from school. So for some, they were pulled out at primary school age, which means that you can have adults who formal education is only at a primary school level age, which is really sad. Um, But if they were able to have that water, if they were able to have better livelihood opportunities, so what that means is the ability to actually earn more money if they had ways to earn more money and increase what we call their livelihood then they wouldn't have to pull their children out of school their children could 
could stay in school and then learn and then improve their future. So It's incredible to think that something as simple as access to water can set someone on a life course that just, you know, just, just sets them up. Like, I've said so many times on this show, um, Ashley, that education is basically the key to like fixing almost any problem. Um, but it's even yeah. the key to breaking out of poverty. Um, it is. You yourself have actually traveled to Timor Leste and you've met the Timorese and you've, you know, you met the resilience of these people. Um, and there was a story in particular, apparently, that you, that you, that you found while you were over there. Someone called Maria. Yeah, Maria. <laughs> Share with um, us her so, story. Like, I know it's going to be a bit of a tearjerker, but tell us anyway. I've got the tissues yes. ready. <laughs> Good, great. You might need them. <laughs> um, so Maria is actually so incredible. So we were actually alerted to his story by Adra Timor Leste. Um, and we went and met Maria in the first time as we were approaching her village where <laughs> she lives. Um, I saw her walking across the like walking from one house to another. And it just took me by surprise because, um, unfortunately, Maria, when she was a bit younger, she actually lost her leg to the war. Um, so, yeah, it got to the point where um, in 1975 when um, all of the war broke out, the invasion happened, um, a lot of her, her and her family, they fled into the forest to avoid persecution. Um on her trip, she got an injury, she got a wound, it never healed, it got hugely infected and it got to the point where they had to cut off her leg or she would have lost her life to infection. Oh. And so this woman, she's in rural Timor-Leste, she's working as a farmer and she only has one leg. Um, and the way that she gets about is that she has a crutch that acts as her other leg. And so it was incredible just watching this woman who... Obviously, she's been doing this for years, and so she's been very skilled at it. She knows what she's doing. Um, but it was just really sobering to watch her do that. She actually has eight children. Wow. So, yeah, which is crazy. And, I mean, some people will fault that. But you know what? It comes back to the whole we need people to work, and, we, and, and for people there, they don't have insurance policies. They don't have health care. What do you do when you get old? What do you do when you get sick? Your kids take care of you. Mm. Um, so your kids for adults are sort of their future, but of course it creates this problem of you have extra mouths to feed. Um, but Maria said to us, she said, you know what, if I don't, if I just sit here and don't do anything, then, then what happens? Like I need to work. And so she's gotten to this point where she is able to move around. Um, she's able to, to plant but the issue was she was just going off of the knowledge of the people before her and the people before her and the people before her and so she was only growing about four vegetables in her garden which is okay like it's it's better than nothing but it meant that her children weren't getting a wide variety of vegetables they didn't have a very varied diet um and so and it also meant that the yield that she was making, so her harvest, it wasn't enough. She barely ever had any left over to sell to get anything else. Um, and she could barely afford to send her children to school. And so often she didn't. Um, but what was really exciting was 
Um, Maria and her husband, Florindo, were so excited to work with ADRA when ADRA came to the area. So what ADRA actually did with Maria's community is first they started by providing a water tank, helping the community get a water tank. And what this means for Maria is, again, she doesn't have to walk far for water. Um, And again, walking for her is a lot more difficult than it is for you or I. Um, And it also meant that she had water readily available to water her garden. Um, And what we also did was we did, next we moved on to agricultural training. So actually teaching Maria and these farmers in Timor-Leste the best ways to get the best yield from the crops that you have and the land that you're working with. Because that was an education that they really had. Um, and then last, we gave them extra seeds. So before she only had four things that she was growing, now she has over 10 things that she's growing in wow. her garden. And it means that not all of them grow at the same time, but it means that she always has something that's growing throughout the year. So she's not reliant on seasonal vegetables um, and then struggling throughout the rest of the year when that's not growing. And so through all of this, her yield has more than doubled. She's able to send her kids to school. Um, they even can save a little bit to plan for their future or for, you know, what we would call a rainy day. Um, yeah, so it's just those such simple things like teaching yeah. them how to best plant something is just incredible. But Amen. Yeah. And this is the great work that Andrew is doing. We are running out of time. So I do want to um, get to uh, the details. People, you know, you got you to gotta, gotta donate to Andra. Andra is a phenomenal organization, Adventist Disaster Relief Agency. It works on like all around the world. Um, what is mm-hmm. the website where people can donate, Ashley? Yeah. So if people go to adra.org.au forward slash donate, so that's adra.org.au forward slash donate. All um, donations are tax deductible if you're in Australia, which <laughs> we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and every little bit counts, honestly. Um, we would love your support. Uh, we can't do what we do without the generosity of our donors. And yeah, you guys are the backbone of this organization really <laughs> thank you so much ashley that address um the email address i'm oh, sorry the website address again is adra.org.au forward slash donate if you want to change lives or the way that adra changed the life of maria which is only possible through the donations of people uh, listening to this show like ourselves um please jump on there keep donating keep changing the world uh we're so blessed in australia and we definitely need to share those blessings thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us this morning ashley and we'll be back after the eight o'clock news no worries thanks for having me <laughs> Buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes at the grave, but everything reminds us. God knows we ache when he asks us to go on. How do we go on? We will sing to our souls.
To Faith FM, positively different radio. Have you ever been challenged by evolution? Ever struggled to give a reasoned answer for your faith? Or ever felt overwhelmed by the predominance of belief in evolution? Then you need to be at the 2019 Faith and Science Conference. 13 top-level scientists and professors from around the world will be presenting on the most astounding discoveries, completely refuting the theory of evolution. July 16 to 19, Avondale College, Kurumbong, New South Wales. For details, call us now on 1-800-324-843. And the word was God. The same was in at the beginning with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in at the beginning with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word, and the word, and the word was. 